Welcome to Vitalnomics, the Church Vitality Podcast, a digital arm of the Church Vitality Network. I'm your host, Gary Moritz, and joining me will be today's voices in church revitalization and renewal. This is a place to find spiritual health, active leadership, and finding legacy over longevity. No matter where you are on the revitalization journey, God is writing your story through His church. He's called you to do it. So whatever you do, don't quit. Reach out and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. If you find this episode helpful, share it. If you have some helpful insights on revitalization, let's share them on the show. Now, let's get into today's topic. So this is part two with me and my wife, Jana. Jana, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me today. This is awesome. This is so cool. So one of the things we're going to talk about is, you know, being scared when God calls you to do hard things. And that could be really, really tough. And so in our last podcast, we talked about the call to New England and how God led our family to make one of the biggest changes of our life, moving to New England to take over a church in bankruptcy. And that was also in need of revitalization. So this revitalization story literally has touched and inspired many across the nation. I mean, it's a story of just an ordinary family, us choosing to answer an extraordinary call. And so in this episode of the Grouper podcast, we will explore how God's confirmed the call in our lives despite the obstacles, the fear, the insecurities, and transitions. So in episode one, to remind you, I spoke about the call to New England, and Jana and I told our story of how God called us to a new ministry in New England. And so today we want to focus on the confirmation of that call. And you see, as church leaders, when God calls us to do something big, something that seems impossible, it doesn't take long for us to start to doubt and get discouraged, especially when the tough stuff like transition comes. And once we knew that we were definitively moving to New England to take over this church that was in trouble, the planning and the process to move started in full force. But as we look back over 2012, we realized that the preparation for this transition that God was moving and stirring in our lives had actually started way before that uh, to call us to a specific place. And I remember sitting in church on April 1st, April Fool's Day, by the way, April 1st of 2012, listening to one of my professors from Liberty University, Dr. Dave Early. And he was a special guest at our church that uh, I was on staff at for several years. And that day he preached preached the message called following Jesus will change you. And he spoke from Matthew chapter 14, 29 and 33. And he talked about how Peter was the only one that got out of his boat and how Peter, he needed to get out of his boat in order to walk on the water. And I mean, I remember it so clearly. He challenged everyone in the room to get out of your boat. Actually, he said, get out your boat. And he had everybody say that over and over again and to do something big for God, something significant with our lives. And that message, honestly, it just really messed me up and I couldn't get it out of my mind. I kept thinking about the image of Peter getting out of the boat and putting his foot on the surface of that sea that day. Little did I know just six months later, I would be doing the same thing, getting out of my boat of my comfort zone and stepping out on faith to an uncertain journey. Yeah, I can actually still picture us to this day sitting in that 
uh, church, I mean, we were sitting on the second row and we were listening intently uh, to that message. And he kept making us repeat, get out of your boat. <laughs> and I remember we just said it over and over again. And you were so excited that day. Um, you couldn't wait to get there because, you know, you love Dr. Early and his son was there with him as well. And you were really intrigued by mm. their decision to like up and move. You know, they left a place that they were comfortable and positions uh, where they were comfortable and they were getting ready to start a new church in Las Vegas. And, and you were sitting there, it was almost like you were sitting on the edge of your seat and you were just listening to that call and why they were going. And, you know, back then I had, I had no idea of the path that God was going to start us down. And I, but I knew after that Sunday that you were unsettled, but you know, life uh, with ministry gets busy and, you know, it didn't take me long to forget about that Sunday and that message. And I, I didn't realize though, just how powerfully ingrained that event in Peter's life um, would be in your mind for years mm -hmm. to come and just how you know Dr. Early's challenge to get out of your boat <laughs> you know it was gonna it was gonna have to fuel us you know even years in the future yeah no doubt that that message it made a huge impact on me and it was an event in my life that confirmed the eventual call from God to step out into a lead pastor position of a struggling church and many times I thought back to that Sunday in April especially during the tough times we faced. And, and when I said yes to accept our new positions, I mean, you remember, things moved so fast. Yeah. It, it was pretty crazy. And I never forgot that message. And I, I kind of took it like it was a sign. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, I think it was God's way of just planting a seed hmm. and something new uh, was going to be right around the corner for us. And it was kind of God's way of like softening maybe yeah. the blow of that huge decision. And I just remember in October of that year when you, you know, made your first trip to New England to kind of explore the church and explore the area, you know, you had, you know, you had received this call from, from God and we were both supposed to go. And we were supposed to drive up together to, to meet the founding pastor and his wife. And they had asked you to preach and to kind of see the area and to see the church. But something came up right before the trip and I couldn't go with you. Mm -hmm. And I just remember I was an emotional wreck that morning when you when you left because I had so many things going through my mind. Yeah. I was, you know, what? I felt like we were betraying our pastor who we yeah. loved, yep. who we were so loyal to and we mm -hmm. loved. And, you know, I looked at our girls as we went to school that morning and I thought we're ruining their life. I mean, literally <laughs> yeah. we're going to, ru we're ruining their life. We're uprooting them and mm -hmm. we're moving them away from your friends. And it was awful. Yeah. And I just remember crying out to God and I said, God, you've got to give me a sign, mm. please. Like you've got to give me a sign. You have to confirm that we're doing the right thing. And, you know, I think a lot of times as Christians, you know, we pray those prayers yeah. and we pray them so often. And then we're actually shocked when he answers and he answered them and he answers them for us so plainly. And I was certainly shocked with his answer. Um, I just remember that day when you were driving up to Massachusetts, it was lunch and I was teaching Kennedy garden at the time and you know it, it's crazy it's hectic in a k-5 classroom and one of my students came up to my desk at lunch and she said to me mrs moritz i'm supposed to give this to you and she handed me a fortune out of a fortune cookie and i i remember taking it and i read the tiny print on that fortune and gary i almost i, I told you i almost fell out on my chair it said that fortune said you are headed in the right direction 
And now I know that the listeners that are going to be listening to this are going to be like, yeah, right, Jana. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah, come on. But I had goosebumps all up and down my arms. Mm. And I just remember saying to my my assistant who was in the room with me, I've got to leave. I got to go call Gary. I'll be right back. And I just, I ran out of the room and I ran outside. And I just remember crying with you over the phone. And it was like, do you believe this? Like, do Mm. you believe, can God really speak to me? through a fortune cookie. <laughs> and, you know, I think, you know, sometimes we give, you know, Gideon gets a bad rap, but I had a totally new perspective on the life of Gideon and, and that fleece. But at that moment, I had, I had peace at that moment. And I settled at that point And I was like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. And I can't explain everything that God has done through this journey. But I do know this. He's provided confirmation every step of the way. And when I've doubted, He's been right there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even though we, we fought it, we fought the call, we were like, you know, we were saying no to the call and we knew God wanted us to move and head in this new direction. And I think the hardest part was not having much support from other pastors and mentors in my life. And, you know, I'm someone who seeks much counsel when I'm getting ready to make a big decision. And I asked so many people yeah. about this new call to get their advice, their yeah. input, And the input I got from them was that I was absolutely crazy to leave where I was and the position that I had. And when I explained the situation that the church was in uh, and that I would be taking over, their response was that this is going to be so difficult and probably impossible to save it and that I was really risking everything. And they advised me, you know, against taking the position and instead to try and find something that would be easier, uh, you know, but however, you know, it's interesting. There's only one person that actually encouraged me to go. And he said that I could do it with God's help, that God would really work in this church. And, you know, sometimes the thing that God calls you to do may not get a lot of support from your friends, your family or others, but you know, we have to ask ourselves, whose voice are we really listening to? And we have to be listening to God's voice and not man's voice. And we had to make a choice to listen to God's voice, knowing that he would take care of us. Yeah. And it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to, to keep moving forward when you have so much, um, not, not, it wasn't negativity. It was just, you know, caution and saying, look, I don't, I don't think this is the best thing, but we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is what God wanted for us. And, And he worked out every detail along the way. And I remember we had to sell our house in Northern Virginia. We had to move my mother out of her house because she was going to be making this, you know, major transition with us. Um, I had to teach uh, kindergarten. I had to finish out the school year and finish my contract. And, you know, you had to prepare our church for leaving. And, you know, the, you know, our biggest concern was we had to get our daughters used to this idea that there was going to be a big change coming in their lives. And, and we were so concerned about where we were going to be living. Like, how are we going to find a house in Massachusetts? <laughs> we were so far away. Yeah. And I was so, I was m- uh, more than a little overwhelmed. And, mm. you know, I'm the, you know, again, I'm the detailed one and yep. the planner. And I had to handle a lot of these details. And I remember so many conversations with God that went a little bit like, you know, God, if you're in this, you know, you got to work this out because mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, it doesn't seem possible to me. You know, this is right. on you. This is on you. And I think one of the biggest miracles and confirmations we felt was in our home in Northern Virginia. You know, we had bought that house, you know, in in Northern Virginia right before the, the housing bubble burst. Yeah. And 
we knew that selling our house, that was going to be one of the biggest challenges we faced. And Mm -hmm. when God was calling you to this transition, you know, we were actually upside down with the mortgage and I didn't know how this was going to work out. For me, I was trying to come up with, we we were talking about all these different scenarios. Well, you know, maybe we rent our house. Maybe what do we rent? Maybe we rent in Massachusetts. And I was driving myself crazy, but Mm. you know, we just kept praying and moving forward. And another, you know, another sign, I, a confirmation was I got a phone call from our realtors and they were close family friends of ours. And she said, I just remember her saying to me, something to the effect of Jana like I don't believe this this is this is incredible but the real estate market and is actually going up in your neighborhood and she's like I you know if we're gonna sell this house we got to do it now and I was just I remember just being so emotional and speechless on the phone and you know God did it and we closed on the house right before the move and you know we were able to get out from under that mortgage and I just remember you know thinking, you know, what seemed impossible, God did, you know, it was possible with him. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I believe God prepared, you know, our new home in Massachusetts. And the crazy thing is, I didn't even see it until the day we closed on I, it. I was a wreck. <laughs> <laughs> and you and your mom were the ones that found it. Yeah, like, okay, we actually, we went house hunting in New England in the winter, you know, I don't, (laughs) I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it. I remember, you know, walking around houses, you know, you know, with no boots on, like in snow. And we were just constantly praying about where God would have us live. This was so important. I was so concerned about this because, you know, we were moving the girls, we were transitioning them and we knew it was going to be an emotional toll on them. And, and my mother I kept thinking about her and where she was going to live. And we had to have something big enough with a great space for her and the girls. And I can't tell you, I mean, we looked at so many houses and I just kept coming back to a house on High Rock Road. And it, it was, it just felt like the one. And you actually felt as if that was a sign. Yeah. I remember you saying like what, what road it was on. You said High Rock Road. And one of the first things that crossed my mind about High Rock Road was uh, the passage in Second Samuel twenty two three where it says, "My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He's my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. He's my refuge, my savior." You know that whole passage, and then and then I was reminded also of uh, when Jesus was talking about building your your life of faith on Him in Matthew seven, where He says, "Everyone who hears these words of mine." and is a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And so I was like, okay, God, this is the plan you want us to move. Uh, We're going to build our lives on you and for the kingdom, and we're going to see great things happen. Yeah, he is our rock. And it was like he was placing us on that. And, you know, (laughs) when mom and I drove up to Massachusetts, we had four days. We had four days to find a place to live. And, you know, we could probably do a whole session on just how God orchestrated everything to get us into the home we live now. But it was just amazing to see how God gave us exactly what we needed and what we desired for our family. And again, you know, you were, I was a nervous wreck, you know, when you saw it for the first time, I thought you hated it. You didn't say anything the whole time you were walking through it. And I was like, oh, what have I done? But, but everyone knew when we got there that this was meant for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't hate it. I just remember being just speechless. (laughs) Uh, You know, as I walked through the house for the first time, I knew that this is where God wanted us. And we had no idea how hard, you know, the next few years was going to be on us. But we had a, a comfortable home that we could come home at the end of our hard days and just rest. 
and it became our place of peace and yeah. comfort and safety. And, and I remember right around that time, uh, there was a song that came out by Hillsong called Oceans, yeah. where my feet may fail. And I remember that song coming out and it was only about a month or two after we settled in Massachusetts. And I remember hearing it for the first time and I just started crying. I mean, that, yeah. that song was so emotional for me. You know, here we were settling in our new home, our positions in the church. And here we've been obedient to the call. We stepped out of our boat. We got out and, of the boat. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're walking on the water, totally out of our comfort zone. And the words to the song just kept penetrating my spirit. And, you know, the words, if, if you know it, it's, they go, kind of go like this. Like, you called me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery in oceans deep. My faith will stand and it has stood. And I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. For I am yours and you are mine. And so God knew that we were going to be in so many waves of over our head and storms that we would face in the, the coming years that we would have to weather together. But he was preparing us and taking care of us. And over and over, he confirmed that we were in the right place, that we were in his will. Yeah, you had your song and I had my fortune. <laughs> you know, I ended up taping. I took that fortune. I did not let that go. And I taped it to my laptop when uh, when I got it. And I don't think that there was a day that went by that I wasn't on my laptop because I was a teacher and then mm -hmm. a principal. And I stared at it every time I opened it up. And it was like it was that constant reminder that, you know, no matter how difficult it was or it was going to get, we were mm -hmm. right where God wanted us and, and we had headed in the right direction and and he was going to take care of everything. Yeah, absolutely. You know, an important thing is that we want everybody who hears the story to remember that when God guides, he always provides. Yeah. And the thing that he has called, you know, you two may seem impossible. It might seem scary or even crazy. And yeah. maybe you're not even receiving the support and encouragement you were expecting from the people around you. But just like Peter you have to get out of your boat and you have to walk on the water, keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. If he has called you, he will be the one to hold you up. Yep. And right after I moved into my new office, when I took over the church officially, uh, you and I were walking around a local furniture store and we came across a coffee <laughs> table in the shape of a boat. And uh, it had glass on top of it. And we both locked our eyes on that boat and one another. And we shouted, it's a boat. You know? <laughs> it's <actually> so exciting. <laughs> and I'm sure the people in the store are like, who are these crazy people? You know, yeah. uh, but we walked out of the store that day with that table and I put it in my office and it served every day as a reminder, as that sign uh, to, to get out of your boat and to keep walking on the water with Jesus. Thanks so much for listening to part two and part one. And we hope that this message has encouraged you in some way. And maybe God is calling you to step out of your boat and to do something bigger. And from experience, all I can say is trust him, get out of the boat and watch him work. Well, thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Vitalnomics. And we'll talk to you soon.